This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Good risings. I'm Liz Earnshaw, and this is Hash It Out. Today, I am joined by my friend and colleague, Marta Cafone, who is an EMDR therapist, and we are answering listener questions this week about EMDR. If today is the first time you're tuning in, then you might not know what EMDR is. So very quickly, it's a trauma treatment. It's not just a trauma treatment. It is the trauma treatment. It is so effective and I think really important for people to know about. So welcome back and thank you so much for being here with us this week. Yeah, no, thank you. It's been great to be able to talk about EMDR with you and with all of your listeners. So our last question today has to do with the partner. So if the listener isn't the one who's been through childhood trauma, but their their partner has. So dear Liz, how can I help my partner who has been through childhood trauma and doesn't know how to address it? I would love to hear your thoughts on this. Yeah, that's a good question. And, you know, it can be really hard to watch our loved ones struggle. And it sounds like you're really trying to be there for them and to be supportive and you just really don't know what's the best way to do it. I think sometimes first and foremost, we forget that we can also ask our partners, you know, how can I support you? What do you need from me? Sometimes we go into problem solving mode when really we just need to hold space and be a safe space for our partner. And then they can then make a decision with what will be best for them in order to move through it. It's also dependent on, you know, you can do and do and do and try and try and try, but maybe your partner's not ready or not willing yet to look at what happened and how it's continuing to impact them. So if that's the case, recognizing you're not their therapist, you're their partner, that's your role. Potentially encouraging, you know, is there space for couples therapy? Is there space for encouraging your partner to go and see a trauma therapist, either for EMDR or other types of trauma therapy. What are your thoughts, Liz? Yeah, I love everything that you're saying. I think what I'm hearing you say is that, of course, there are ways that we can be helpful to our partners, but that the most helpful thing is really encouraging them to get support from someone who can be the professional support around that. And something that I'm, I'm thinking as you're talking is about a lot of the couples I've worked with where they've come in and you'll know what this term is, but I'll define it for everybody else. They'll come in and they'll have one partner who's the identified patient. Mm. Right. And so they'll be bringing their partner in and they'll say, my partner has childhood trauma, do something with them. Fix them. Or fix them. (laughs) (laughs) Fix them. And so they're they're kind of coming in to couples therapy and saying, I'm really only here because I'm hoping you're going to be their individual therapist. Mm -hmm. 
and I'm not really a part of this equation. <laughs> I'm fine. I'm fine. They're the one with the problem. They're the one with the problem. And this happens a lot in any type of therapy where more than one person is involved. So we see it a lot in family therapy. Fix my child. Fix my sister. Right. <laughs> fix my. Fix the mother. So what happens when we have um, a system, when we have a couple or a family or whatever, and someone's struggling in that system, one thing I want to encourage people to be cautious about is making someone the identified patient and making it about them and how they need to be helped and what their problems are. And so couple therapy can be really, really, really helpful. But what I want to encourage is that when you enter into it, it's not a means for individual therapy with you as a hands-off approach, right? It's I'm going into this because I see that there's things between us that are challenging, some which are related to the childhood trauma, but others which I'm actually willing to admit in some ways might be me. Mm. Maybe the thing I'm looking at here is that I overstep and my partner isn't ready to work on their childhood trauma, but because I want to fix them, I'm constantly bringing it up. And maybe the thing in couples therapy I need to learn is to really listen to them and to listen to their wisdom for maybe why they're not in therapy yet, or listen to their wisdom around what feels helpful to them. You know, maybe there, I've worked with a lot of people where the partner's like, I am in therapy and the other partner's like, but you need to do brain spotting or you need to do EMDR. And they're like, but I'm in the place that feels safe for me right now. Right. So this person, I can tell that they're really asking the question from a place of, I want to be doing the right thing. And I get a sense that they would be willing to do that in couples therapy, that they would be open to hearing feedback around, I think you need to listen to your partner. Maybe your partner's not ready to go there yet. Um, but I always just caution people when your partner has something they struggle with, please don't make them the identified patient. Please try not to look through every conflict in the relationship through the lens of it's because my partner had a crappy mother when they grew up. That's one thing that I was thinking as you were talking is just, yes, your partner needs support. It probably mostly can't be you other than you learning how do you stay safe in your own body so that you're not dysregulated with your partner. Right. And I think that that even brings up how to regulate together. Sometimes couples will have their primary ways of trying to regulate themselves, either through, you know, external regulation, partner, help me feel better. Tell me I'm okay. Or someone might regulate more by themselves, you know, going for a walk, playing a video game, playing on their phone. But when we're in couples, when we're in partnership, we also really want to learn how to regulate together. That interregulation is really important. And so identifying ways that the both of you can, you know, pick up, okay, what's happening here? Because you're in each other's care, right? You're together. How can we make each other feel better? Because it's a system and a system works best when the system wants to work together. I love that. I think it's so important that people know about what's co-regulation is what you're talking about, yeah. which is very different than trying to regulate someone else. And it's very different than just regulating by yourself. It, right. It's really interesting how it works. And the way that I talk about it with my clients is if you think about what a parent does for their baby, that's co-regulation. Well, a quote, good parent does for their baby is co-regulation. When the baby is screaming, 
A parent does a whole bunch of things to regulate themselves that we actually see as tactics to regulate the baby. But what, where those actually came from is because the parent was trying to regulate themselves. So for example, when a baby is really upset, a parent will rock back and forth. Now that calms the baby, but the reason the parent did that in an evolutionary sense is because rocking back and forth is something that soothes your own body. So they're soothing themselves. Ultimately, this soothes the baby. A parent lowers their voice. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. When you lower your own voice, you regulate your own body. So yes, it's helpful to the baby, but actually the most helpful part of that entire interaction is that you've lowered your voice, which is going to lower your heart rate. A parent hugs, right? I'm going to hug. Hugs help us regulate. So the same types of things can help in adult partnerships as well. You're not going to be saying necessarily, but soothing yourself, lowering your voice, maybe doing something that your body needs so that it can calm down, like stretching. That's why people, when they're stressed, they do things like extend their arm out. They go, "Ah," and they like let out a yawn and move their arm. They're trying to soothe their bodies. So when you stay soothed, your partner is more likely to stay soothed. So I guess coming back to the question, the biggest thing you can do for your partner is actually learn how to be safe in your own body yourself, because that then creates a regulated environment, at least coming from you. Now your partner has to decide whether they're gonna respond to that or not, and their body might need help doing it. The second best thing you can do is help them to get the support they need without making them the identified patient in your relationship all of the time. And those would be my two pieces of advice. Do you think I'm missing anything? No, I think that you hit the two important marks there. And it's, you know, recognizing where your lane is and staying in it. Really just being mindful of, okay, well, what is it bringing up in me when I'm seeing my partner? And is there maybe actually some stuff that you also need to work through with a therapist, potentially with a professional of some sort, when you're recognizing that there is distress in someone else's life? Amazing. Thank you so much for being here with us this week. I think that just hearing you talk about EMDR just reminded me how important it is. And seeing all of the questions brings into focus how many people really are struggling with trauma. And so my hope from this week is that if you resonated with anything that was being said, that you find a way to get the support you need for your trauma. I know that Marta gave one resource, which is Emdria, E-M-D-R-I-A. And is that somewhere that people could go to look up EMDR therapists? Yes, yes. So you can go there, you can find, there's a lot of great resources. You can find therapists in your area, therapists who are seeing clients either in person or you know continuing with teletherapy. So that's a great resource. There's some great books too. So you could read The Body Keeps the Score. It's a really great resource on trauma and how the body experiences trauma as well. Thank you so much for being here. Can you remind everybody where they can find you if they wanna work with you? Sure, so once again, my name is Marta. I work at A Better Life Therapy. You can find me you know, on the website. I work in person in Center City and in Ardmore, as well as taking clients virtually. And you can reach out to info at A Better Life Therapy or marta at abetterlifetherapy.com. 
Amazing. Thank you so much again. And thank you everyone for listening this week. I will be back next week with another topic where we're going to dive into more listener questions. I'm Liz Earnshaw, and you can find me on Instagram at Liz Listens. Thank you so much for listening to Good Risings. We love to hear from you, so please take a moment to leave a review. Until next time, love on your loved ones, and when that gets hard, tune in to me to learn how to hash it out. Good Risings is presented by Cavalry Audio.